For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. When the blade races, it was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus from Barbaras, she was heavy laden, and the way we went along, calling with sweet that's on the road to bleeding. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 135, and you are talking to the only black and white podcast the official black and white podcast and truly black and white podcast of newcastle united this is coming home nufc chn radio i'm your host greg troxel and we're here with you about the one and only undefeated since covid19 newcastle united football club and to join me in talking about our undefeatedness i bring you the best damn calls in the land elijah newsom how are you doing you know, it's great, man. I am living the dream. What a wonderful Sunday, like, experience. To, you know, a way to start off the day with the nice yeah. Newcastle W. Um, remember when we first started this podcast and we literally didn't win for, like, nine weeks in a row? That was fun. Yeah. Gone are those days. Not Gone are Steve, those. Steve Bruce's black and white army, his mags. They, they're shutting teams down. Um, but anyway – uh yeah excited to be here if you want to follow your boy on twitter at elijah underscore newsome go ahead and do that follow the chn radio account at chn underscore radio get us to a thousand followers i wonder what we'll do at a thousand followers oh we're gonna give away something at a thousand for okay. sure yeah we'll do something we can we'll get to that yeah yeah we're giveaway jersey we're right now we're at like 619 or something like that so 400 followers tell your friends follow the pod um, they could win a jersey, especially since the jerseys yeah. are on sale right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely, especially <laughs> because. <laughs> yeah, um, and also follow the main account at Coming Home in UFC. Uh, we just reached three thousand followers on that account, so that was fun. Um, it yeah. was an unconventional way to get there. I was not expecting to get there by tweeting out pictures of Newcastle players as women, but hey, whatever works. That was electric also. Reel them in. Reel them in. That, that was actually electric. Yeah. Greg, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. And, you know, sometimes I tweet. Literally only sometimes. Yeah. He's a busy man. What what I I, I just give you the truth of what to expect. Um, okay. So let's talk about what happened on this glorious Sunday. And that's Newcastle United beating Sheffield United three to nothing. Mm. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing occasion. It was exactly what I predicted. <laughs> kind of. I did say we would win. You, we yeah, I would say you, I mean, I, you said we'd win. And I was like, no, we're going to draw. And for a while, yeah. it looked like I was going to be right. Because it, this game did have zero, zero draw. In the first half. Yeah, there there is a certain moment that really settled that for us. Yeah. 
which is really helpful. But And we'll get into that. But first, as always, after every match, we ask you to give your three words to describe the match. And we will read them on the podcast. So let's let's start with that, Elijah. Yeah. Uh, the first one I'm going to bring you is you. Oh, yeah. Elijah underscore Newsom. Uh, three words is Joe Linton scored. It's true. Um, great picture there. That's extra bonus points for you. Thank you. Uh, Toon Army Denver at Mile High Magpies says a lot of words, but he he said he said to pick. Uh, well, so I hey, will pick. Greg, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll just imagine that it was everyone who was at the watch party with them. They all gave oh, their all separate seven. three. Yeah, they gave their three words, and he compiled it into one tweet. Mm. So we'll say that. Okay, I'm still gonna pick one though. Okay, yeah, I he, mean, yeah, time. Uh, Richie is magic. That's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, that's a good one. And by the way, <laughs> yeah. we're saying time because this is we we talked about this before we did this episode like two episodes ago, but slightly different format going forward. Oh yeah, I should have talked about that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, before we continue with three words, we're gonna we're going to do our entire Sheffield pre uh, recap, and then we're going to we're gonna shortly preview Aston Villa coming up, and then do a little bit of news stuff at the end. Um, so there will be like a lot of different like some different things that we'll cover, but it will be mainly Sheffield's recap. Um, okay, going back to three words, uh, Don at Smith Ultra Rust. What Rust? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, Mile High Jordy uh, at Mile High Jordy says happy fa- happiest Father's Day. Yes, for sure. Uh, Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry. He submitted two. Th- he submitted six words. Yeah, that's uh, we are back and could have been five. Mister Steelier Worldwide at Yo underscore Ho underscore No underscore Mo said guess who's back? Northern Man at Northern Man one twenty. Oh, twenty twenty. Uh, no crowd pressure. Ted Phillips at ECR Phillips says, bring on Sita. <laughs> I love when people write city like that. Uh, Alec Passon, Passion at Alex underscore Passon says, up the quarantineers. Quarant entertainers. Quarant. I don't Quarin, even know how to say it. Quarant entertainers. Quarantainers. Quarantainers. It's just quor- I don't. Yeah, I guess. No, quarantainers. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I have it. Um, Kim Avery at Kim Kerfuffle says three tune goals. Paul Rochester at Spotter twelve sixty six. Joe Bloody Linton. Um, tune NUFC one at oh Tony NUFC one at Tony NUFC one eight. Why always me? Why dot always dot me? Uh, Paul Davidson at okay, yeah. didn't that have a picture attached to it of like Joe yeah Linton? it's a it's a Joe Linton okay gift. so th- that um, that provides a little context yeah uh, Paul Davidson at Paul Dav eight six four eight six two eight eight says different effing gravy and share at FL share thanks for listening Fabian. Um, Brucey's shit house mags. Yeah, that's spot on. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited to talk about this match. Ugh. Yes. All right. So let's let's dive into it. Uh, we're, we'll start by talking about lineups. Elijah, what do you think? 
I mean, uh, it, our first, it's like a new season, right? Yeah, it, it did. It honestly did feel like a new season. And I was so cool because I have, I'm, I think I've mentioned this now multiple times because it's, and now it's, I'm going to mention even more. I'm on a group chat with a lot of American Premier League soccer fans um, or football fans. They're all like my age, college age students. And um, they're like, they all asked me, oh, what did you think? What do you think the lineup's going to be? And I gave like, you know, I was like, all right, just based on what I can tell, it's going to be five in the back. But I would love to see a 4-4-2 or a 4-4-1-1 because like that's been successful. But it's also Steve Bruce and he doesn't do things that are successful. He just like forgets that he had success with certain tactics. And I'm so glad he proved me wrong. Like, I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, do you want me to go through the lineup? Uh, yeah, I'll just quickly say it. Uh, so we had Dubrovka, Manquillo, Fernandez, Lascelles, Rose. Midfield was Shelby, Hayden, Richie, Almiron, St. Max, and then Jolinton up top. And the subs were Darlow, Cher, Kraft, Yedlin, Bentaleb, Lazaro, Muto, Gale, and Carroll. Yeah. And if you and I know we usually talk about like shockers for the lineup. There were a couple. Uh, re- yeah, there was a couple. Um, I think people were upset that Jolinton started, which I – I don't, I don't really understand because like people I mean, are always going to be upset when he starts. Yeah. And they were upset with him until of course he scored. But anyway, that's, yeah. that's beside the point. But like, if you look at it, Joel Linton started 29 games and there's a level of like, yes, Joel Linton's not good, but we've, we have pretty definitive proof that Joel Linton is our, one of our best strikers at the club. We, it may mean that we may not have good strikers, but I can say pretty confidently that I think Joel Linton is better than Dwight Gale. And I think Joel Linton is better than Yoshinori Muto. I, I mean, I don't know. It could be a hot take. It could not be a hot take, but I don't know. And people were like, why didn't Gale start? Because when Gale started against Southampton, our last Premier League match, he missed three sitters. I, that, I mean, that's why he's not starting. Okay, anyway. Also, all of our strikers were coming back from injury, except for Joel Linton. That's not the point. And the other surprise from a lot of people was Matt Ritchie because he also started against – this is almost identical to the Southampton lineup. Um, and he started against Southampton, and uh, he was not great. Um, we looked much better when Lazaro came on the pitch. And a lot of people, I mean, including myself, we were wondering why is Matt Ritchie starting. Valentino Lazaro is clearly – if we're going to go with a four-back formation, he's our right winger, 100% right mid. And, um, yeah, he, he proved me wrong. And a lot of people wrong. So, um, yeah, those are my surprises. You got any surprises, Greg, outside of those two? Uh, no surprises. Only one I was questioning was if it was going to be Edlin or Mankio. It ended up being Mankio. Um, they they rolled out in the four-two-three-one. Joe up top. Amran as a 10. Thank the Lord. Uh, Gucci on the left. Richie on the right. I'm happy about all that. Yeah. Um, okay. So... The match started, and the first 10 minutes was essentially like a little back and forth. Newcastle probably dominated the most. And then um, we started getting our chances right after that first two minutes. And the first one, the first good chance was from Matt Ritchie. Um, And he was like 25 yards out and put this shot up against Norwood, and he he made a great save. But, like, that that was a good sign. I, I like seeing Ritchie take those. Like, I, I like seeing any play, player take it. And, and if they put it on target, ain't no problem with me. Um, so that was the real first great one for, for, for me. And then 17 minutes in, 
Tolentin timed a perfect run on his part. And yeah. Almiron, yeah. who is, by the way, a 10. He's a 10. Yeah. To, this game was like the, hey, everyone, I'm a number 10 game. Yeah. Because it, yeah. It, I loved it because it was on national display. It was like everyone in the States was tuning in, all the MLS writers and all the British. It was like, oh, yeah, Miguel Almiron is a 10. Okay. Yeah, he's really good at that. <laughs> um, and he played a great ball to him. And then – this was like the super concerning thing because we've seen the videos of him scoring in the preseason, the re-season. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Uh, we saw the videos of Jolinton scoring goals, and then he like he hit the ball into the ground. And he, <laughs> like, and he, he, he hit his own foot. Like that's the yeah. crazy part. Like I, it was so bad. It was one of like it goes down. Like Mirza, one of our other writers, said it was probably one of the worst shots on goal, and only thing comparable is the Hostelou shot that went up for a goal kick. Well, for for yeah. a court, no, for a throw in, um, but it it actually was just from a pure technique standpoint because I just like even as a as a novice soccer player as myself, an amateur level player, if I'm hitting the ball, like if I'm if I'm trying to shoot on goal, I, I don't hit my I've never once hit my plant foot. Like I I don't know how he genuinely did that, and he was completely defeated after the fact. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. Run, yeah. Well, there was something something said about that on halftime that I didn't even notice. And they were talking about on NBC that right after that, Sheffield got the ball and took it down to our end. And they, they were like kind of held in the corner. And Shelby was just kind of walking in the middle. And he turns around and two arms up, like looks at Jolinton is like, what are you doing, bro? Like he caught him out like after that shot. Like it was it was seconds after, like yeah. 10, 15 seconds after and like he directly taunted Tolentin. So it's like, like, I mean, the team's aware of it. And they they I mean, and they even said on NBC, like, I'm sure he's banging in goals in practice. And the players are just like, what the hell is happening with you? Yeah. Because if he wasn't banging in goals in practice, then he wouldn't be playing either. Yeah. So and, and to that point, um, Alan St. Maximin did an interview with Sky afterwards and they asked him about it. And like he said the same thing. It was like, I mean, his confidence, he essentially was like his confidence is low but we know he's a good player. Like we see him in training. He's really good. Like, and it seems like in training, he is by and far our best striker, which I'm not. And you saw it today. Like, and it's unfortunate that that was clouded by like a, just an awful miss all around because until that point, and honestly, the rest of the half, Joe Linton was, was probably one is easily his best game as, as a number nine for Newcastle, just in terms of the positions he was getting in and stuff like that. But Again, it's something the players are all aware of. And like Greg said, Shelby called him out for it. And, I mean, I would too if I was on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, and and a couple of things. Jolinton really timed some runs today that were really nice. I've already mentioned one of them. But shortly after this, I, I don't know how many minutes, but he and Egan both got into it, got some yellows, foreshadowing what's going to happen there. Um, and, and the game got pretty dull the rest of the way uh, of the first half. Newcastle – Looked better. They had the better chances, um, but Jolinton had another shot as well. He like he had that header that was on. Oh yeah, yeah, like, that was, was yeah. It was a decent. That run was right at the keeper. Yeah, I mean, but well, that was it was a great also, ball in by Richie too. It was it was a great ball, and it was probably it was a forty times more difficult chance than the first chance because he essentially beat two center backs for that ball, won the header had a lot of power on it. Like, this, even the commentators were like, oh, that's a solid header. It was just like the keeper was rooted. And if yeah. the keeper had – He beat two defenders for it too. Yeah, if, he, if the keeper guessed, that's a goal. 
but the keeper didn't guess. Yeah. He just stayed rooted. So one, uh, so halftime went. It was zero zero. Uh, nothing really crazy to report. So we'll just go straight into the second half now. The one change I thought was very interesting was we swapped wingers. Yeah. So St. Maximin started the second half on the right. Matt Ritchie went to the left. Um, and they, I mean, they, they were kind of going back and forth in the first half. Cause there was times where Richie was picking up the ball on the left-hand side. I'm like, like, I, I've never under, really understood that. That's uh, definitely a brucism. <laughs> but it's, it's also a uh, – that's like FIFA tactics where you change the attacking, like, like where does this positional freedom to, like, anywhere? And it's yeah. like, that was very much ASM and Matt Ritchie because there was moments where, like, I like that shot Matt Ritchie took. He was, like, in the middle of the pitch. And you're like, why are you in the you're, – you're a right winger. What are you doing in the middle of the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one on the right-hand side at all. Like, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. So it was only five minutes into the second half when everything changed. And that was the second yellow for Egan. He pulled Joel. So another great run by Jolinton. He timed it perfectly. And he was ahead. He was in on goal. So it was just if he was going to finish it or not. Um, but Egan pulled him back clearly. Um, it's an obvious yellow. And that would have that's his second yellow. And uh, that's when Sheffield went down to 10 men. So it felt like, okay, five minutes into the first, I mean, into the second half, we're – we're still fine. We seem like the better team. There's slight margin towards Newcastle. And this is our moment. Like we're we're they're down to ten men. Like this is this is our opportunity. We're already playing better. And then Newcastle just started kind of peppering a bit. And it wasn't it wasn't shortly after that where we got the goal and it was St. Maximin. And it was awful defending by by Sheffield. This is like terrible. Brutal. Uh, yeah. And um and it was it was a Richie curl, and Stevens completely missed the ball, <laughs> and it goes and St. Maximin was waiting like he was social distancing a bit, and the ball just came right to him, and he he blasted into the net. It went off the goalie, but yeah, I mean at the pace yeah. that he hit the ball, it went um, off his that chin. was a sure that was a sure thing. It it was like so bad, and Stevens literally miskicked the ball. Like he all he had missed to do it blatantly, it was bad. It, it was so bad that like live at first it really looked like stevens dummied the ball on purpose like it yeah. was it was it was like oh wow what a great dummy to set up maximum and also it and like i think greg you might have mentioned this or some someone else mentioned this um like it didn't even make sense the ball richie played because like i'm pretty sure Almiron was like free at the near post like no one was near him and richie was just like let me play the ball across the box and like if stevens was had had played at any level, like any level of competence, and that would have been an easy clearance. And we would have been like, why didn't Matt Ritchie play Almiron in on goal yet again? Um, but that's not what happened. And Matt Ritchie walks away with an assist. <laughs> and Alan St. Maximus scores what is I guess that's his third goal of the Premier League uh this year. Yeah. So shout yeah. out to him. And and St. Gucci got the goal. It, it it was it was definitely it was so encouraging to get the goal that quick. Um, and Newcastle United, since COVID-19, they're doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and St. Maximin gets a goal. Super, super good to see that. So then right after that, uh, I sense a little, like, aggressive panic from Sheffield. So they started – I mean, Sheffield just like kind of went on an all-out attack. Talk, talking about FIFA, Elijah. Yeah. They just – they put a ton of bodies forward, and they saw a lot of the ball. Mm-hmm. They they re- they really started playing after this, so they didn't care. 
they were willing to risk it essentially because they're like, okay, it's either we're getting one or we're getting zero. So let's play for one and let's just go for it. And I think that's that's why things went really in our favor. So about a couple minutes after that goal, it should have been two nothing. And it was it was Sankuchi again who went down the right side. He pulled it back to Almiron in the middle. Almiron was right there, but he he put it right at the goalie. Um, that should be that should have been a goal. Almiron yeah. Almiron's yeah. gotta 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 have a, a little bit more awareness and he there. He knew it. That could have been two like, nothing. He was yeah. immediately frustrated because he's yeah. like. I think he hit it cleanly, but again, it was one of those. He did. If if the keeper had guessed, which in a lot, and the thing is, the other thing is that like it's Dean, it's Dean Henderson, right? Their keeper. Yeah. He's, no. No, Dean Smith. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Dean it's Henderson. Ha- I think it's, Henderson. Yeah, it's yeah. Definitely Henderson. Yeah, it is. It is. He's, it is. He's a really good keeper. Like I think if we're going up against, honestly, if we're going up against Pickford, that's a goal because it's like. He just like Henderson takes very. Because Pittsburgh would be standing three feet behind the goal line. That's why. <laughs> that's yeah. He also like he wouldn't have been able to catch that with his T Rex arms. Um. Well, yeah. to be fair, Pickford had an amazing game today uh, against Liverpool. So I, I'm not yeah. going to give him any credit, but it's just worth noting. But it's like if there's if there's a if it's against any other team, like if it, if that's against Villa, that's a goal because the keeper's likely going to guess. But. Henderson stayed rooted, and it was just a catch for him. Um, but, yeah, should have been a goal. Yeah. Almiron knew it. And, I mean, you could tell from then he wanted to at least make some sort of contribution, especially being up a man. Like, he was yeah. going bananas. Yeah. Yeah, so so even after this, Sheffield took the ball and controlled the match pretty much until about the 70th minute. And, and that's when Richie – Richie got his. Richie had a great day. Yeah. He had an absolute great day. He had an assist and a goal. Fantastic game for him. Um, and, and he puts his laces through this one, flies it past Henderson. Um, and, uh, another great game shout goes to Isaac Hayden oh, and Isaac is the one who played this. He had a game. Isaac Hayden, Matt Ritchie looked so good today and Hayden, uh, he spread the play perfectly to Richie. Um, Richie was able to get so much space and he probably ran for about, I don't know, 15, 20, maybe, maybe even more. 15, at least 15 yards to the edge of the area before he got that shot on it. Went up in the left-hand corner, goal. Per, beautiful shot. Essentially, like, he recreated the shot he had in the first half. Mm, and just hit it. <laughs> yeah. He hit it. He just hit it great. Both both balls, he hit great. And and this one went in. 2 nothing. Newcastle United. That's what I knew. I was like, we got this. We in there. Um, what do you think about that run of play? And, again, when you're like, we got this, we get here. Because that was also the moment where you could see, like, Sheffield – had visibly just given up after that point because their whole strategy was like to walk away with the one, one drawn and defend, sit back, whatever. But like once Newcastle scored that, that second goal, it was like, it was over. I mean, and then after that point, it means it's Greg's probably going to talk about like, it was, it was pretty much all Newcastle. They had a couple chances here and there, but it, it was pretty much all Newcastle. Yeah. Then shortly after that, we started getting our subs. Like once again, like an, 75 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it was actually we had five subs to use. At, at like, this point, Sheffield had already made like two or three subs. And it's like, does Steve Bruce know that he can make five subs? Like, <laughs> doesn't seem like he's going to make any of them. But yeah, you're right. 75th yeah. minute, he decides to make a sub. <laughs> um, we, we had Andy Carroll came on and Nabil Bentaleb. And it was right after that where Jolinton finally got it. Y'all. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think you got um, it out of order. No. I feel like really? I feel like I think this helps happen first. That's well, at least that's what I have here. Wait, let me look. 
maybe not. No, 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 they didn't. They were warming up because essentially Joel mm. Linton scored and then got subbed off for Andy Carroll. I have oh. it up here. 78th minute, okay. Joel Linton, and then 79th minute, he gets subbed off. Oh, okay. Okay, um, perfect. You're yeah, right, because so that's, that's what did happen. It was like, everyone's like, when is Steve Bruce going to make subs? And then the commentators mentioned yeah. that Andy Carroll and Ben Sled were warming up. And then, like, everyone's like, all right, well, Joel Linton is going to get subbed off. And then he literally scores right after Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah, that's that's my bad. I missed that up. Oh, maybe maybe I wrote that down that way because I saw them warming up and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they're going in. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, Jolinton got his goal, and it was such a it was such a try. Like he was like so emphatic when he scored this, but it it was a great play by Newcastle, and it's it's it was his first goal since August against Spurs. Yeah, in, and I would like in, to say it was like Wembley. first goal in three hundred nine days, but. To be fair, that's a bit exaggerated because it's like, yes, it's his first goal in 309 games, but like a hundred of those days there was no soccer. So like, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know if you can count that really. I, I knew the I knew like that was the most predictable thing is that people would get to those stats. Like, oh, you know, I'm pretty uh, sure uh, it was a like fan has been Chris Woff tweeted that out. I was like, come on, you guys, you guys are afraid uh, of the program. Uh, a fan hasn't attended St. James Park in 107 days. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, so, uh, it was Jolinton who actually started this play, which is even more impressive. Um, that's something that Jolinton really has the capability to do. Uh, and that's that Rondon-esque thing that he would have been really good learning from. But Jolinton starts it, starts this play, he spreads it to Almiron. Almiron follows Jolinton the whole way, sees the run, plays it back to him, goal. I mean, it, it's it's perfect. It was a great ball by Almiron, put it right on his foot. It was just like, like from the training ground, quintessential, like this should work 10 times out of 10 if we've run it the right way in practice. And, and you can see, like, they've done this. And that was so easy for them. That was just the way it was supposed to be. I, I'm so happy for Jolinton. I'm so happy that, that he was able to get it. You could tell there was a ton of emotion when he scored that. Like, just, like, being able to, like, like I, I saw there was a lot of finally, like, or, like, I told you so type of type yeah. of moment. That he had, so that that was really cool to see. I wonder what the celebration was because, like, there were other players. I want to say it was it was Hayden or Shelby. Like, did the oh, baby he put the cel- ball in his? Yeah, yeah, like the baby celebration before even Joel Linton did it. So I wonder if like they're like we'll have to do some investigations because maybe I they if, talked about it. <laughs> yeah, like I wonder if honestly I wonder if Joel Linton's wife is pregnant or if he even has a wife. I'm not going to investigate it, but I, I'm just going to throw it out there. He's only yeah. 23, but like. Ezekiel Barco was 19 when he tried to steal someone else's girl. So, I mean, <laughs> he was married and tried to steal another dude's wife. So, anyway, that's the that's MLS stuff. But, um, yeah, excited for Joel Linton. Um, oh, yeah. And it was, it was great. It was, that, that play was all Joel Linton. I mean, um, it was a mistake at the back for Sheffield trying to clear the ball out um, and just a terrible pass. ASM picked it up and kind of just dinked it over to Joel Linton. Joel Linton – like Greg said, played the perfect pass and immediately made the correct run. And I think that's kind of the story of the, of the, of the match for Joe Linton. Like if you look, I mean, obviously people are going to focus on the big chance and I'm super glad he scored because Greg's talked about this so much as we've done this recap, the story of the, of the match for Joe Linton was he was making every single run that like we had wished he was making the whole year. Like we've complained this whole year about Joe Linton not being able to make runs in the box, Jolinton not being in the box, not being able to post and all that kind of stuff. And like, he was consistently in the box. He was, he's making those runs. And I honestly, like, there's a level of like, I think the system change definitely helps where he's not being called to 
defend, you know, and pick up the ball in the midfield because he's the only person up top. Um, but also I, I just think the confidence has grown and, and like his trust in his teammates and, and Steve Bruce, I have to give him credit for really being a driving force for Jolent's confidence. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, after that, Bentaleb and Carroll came on for Jolenton and St. Max. And right after they came on, we had a little formation change. So Shelby came on as a 10. Um, Almiron went to the right and Richie was on the left. Carroll was up front. Uh, and then about a few minutes after that, Almiron and Shelby came off. And then Cher and Lazaro came on. Um, Lazaro went to the right wing. Bentaleb went to number 10. And Cher was playing defensive midfield, <laughs> which he's done before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had the, like, we're able to do that up 3 0 with five minutes to go. Like, that's, I don't care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was just a Bruce, like, fine. Like, we can do, we can play him at strike. That was also like, one of those where it's like, you look at the bench and it's like, that's honestly the only subs you can make because. <laughs> Because the long staffs are both injured, you couldn't the um, Bentaleb was the only midfield sub you could make. Which was yeah. I don't know. Someone tweeted they were shocked he was on the bench. I was like, I mean, why are you shocked? We have three other midfielders and two of them we know were injured. Um so that, I don't know, it was kind of funny to me to see yeah. that, but it was also that what else can you really do? <laughs> yeah. Uh last sub was in was just in extra time. It was Richie came off for Yedlin, but but that's it. I mean, Newcastle won 3-0. It was a comfortable win. The whole second half outside of five minutes, we were we were a man up and, and Jolinson scored. He assisted. He got a player sent off. I mean, that's that's a day for anybody, but so Joel, so absolute credit to Jolinton. Uh we've already given credit to Isaac Hayden, who's just a silent stud once again. And Matt Ritchie getting a goal and assist is huge. St. James, uh, James's first goal for Allen St. Maximin. Yeah. That's the first time he scored at St. James's Park. Uh, so 38 points for Newcastle. Wait. Elijah, are we safe? Timeout. Premier League. No, I'm thinking about Joel Linton because was that away at Tottenham? Yeah, that's so, his first. Yeah, but yeah. that's his first as well. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Um, are we safe? I was going to ask you that same question. And honestly, it's it's just weird. Good host just vibe together, yeah. you know. It's it's weird because part of me is like, yes, because like I think that I mean, and we always say forty is the magic number, right? Um, one, first and foremost, I have confidence that we'll pick up a result against Aston Villa. Greg and I were talking yeah. about this before the podcast. Like they they really do look bad, and they like today was kind of icing on the cake in terms of their confidence. Like, there are some teams, like, you've seen in the Bundesliga, like, Werder Bremen is, is a great example, where it's like, they were a team that's in the bottom three of the Bundesliga, and they came back, and they got a couple results, and, like, you can see the confidence is brewing, but Aston Villa, they do not look like they have any sort of confidence. Uh, they got a draw. They really should have lost this past Wednesday, and then this week, they gave up uh, a goal lead to, to Chelsea. It, yes, it is Chelsea. Yes, it is Sheffield, but also, like, they've got a tough schedule down the road Newcastle is one of the easier teams they play so it, it just seems like they know they're going down um it, it it doesn't seem well but anyway I think we can pick up a result against them so I'd say we're safe but it is so weird with the with the restart and you've already seen it with some of the results that that happened this past weekend like Liverpool drawing Everton and things like that where it's like the 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 first couple weeks of the the, the restart are going to be weird but also 11 point cushion isn't too bad against the uh, 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 sorry 11 point cushion from the bottom three isn't too bad 
I'm not sure that any of those three teams are going to be able to make up ground, although the Premier League season is going to be weird and they're going to have some really odd results and some really weird upsets. I don't think it's going to be enough to catch Newcastle. Like, Newcastle would have to lose every single game for me to get worried. Which yeah, they still yeah. could I do. Think <laughs> with the, yeah, I guess. Uh, with, the, with the results, like, so right now, if we, if we end the season at 38 points, no, we're not safe. But what, with what we have left, I, I think, sure. Like, but yeah, you say I that, think, I think, it would be nervy, but we could be safe because the past few years it's been 37 points has been no, a solid yeah, I, I hear you, but we're not – yeah, I wouldn't say we're safe. I would say our we, goal differential would hurt us a ton. Yeah. We're not yeah. – uh, you're right. We're not safe. It would be nervy. We're not it safe would be, it would come down to the last couple matches. But, but I think we have eight we, matches left. Yeah. We're good. We, we, we pick think, up a draw we're Wednesday. We're safe. Yeah. Um, and we're going to win. Yeah. So <laughs> the next thing we'll talk about we'll, – we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into some quotes. Um, and then – Best player. Other stuff. I, so yeah. So we'll do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, so we have our match day quotes, some some interesting tidbits. Uh, we've had, I mean, Rafa was always great with quotes, but Steve Bruce is great with quotes. Dude, these quotes um, today were, I think, these are, I think these are the best Steve Bruce quotes we've had. Like, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah. So he said, I'm sure the fans will have been watching at their homes and have a tin of beer and have celebrated a 3 0 win. <laughs> uh, on Jolinton, he said he wants to do well. It's never easy being given that number nine shirt to play for Newcastle. Never. With the history of the club and what it is, it thrives on that on the number nine. He's a young lad, and to come from a, a different country and league, there's no doubt he found it tough. He found it tough today again, but he's got a goal, and hopefully that will make him a lot better. He wants to achieve things, and when they've got a good attitude like he has, you know they're going to be okay. He scored a goal, and we've been working on getting him into that area in the box. Something like 80% of the goals are scored there. What, what number did I say? Did I say 80? Yeah, you said 80. Wow, 68. I, don't, I like, caught myself like I'm staring at the number, and I said 80 for some reason. Something like 68% of the goals are scored there, and we got two of them there today with Alan and him. I'm very, very pleased. When somebody wants to achieve something and do well, we all want him to do well too. He's really genuinely a good lad and gives all for this team. Um, he he went on and on about Jolinton. Um, but yeah, that's some Steve Bruce quotes. You Do you have one. some other Oh yeah, this is my favorite quote. Steve Bruce said this. My staff said to me, it can only happen to me. Win three nothing and no one's here to see it. <laughs> Which is like that's such peaks because i mean it's also self-awareness that newcastle fans are just like for the most part they've been like this steve bruce so (laughs) it's kind of funny that his literally in my opinion the best match he's managed all season is in front of an empty like an empty crowd yeah Yeah. but to his credit it's also the one of the it's nationally televised and it was on Sky, internationally televised. Yeah, internationally televised, and it was like the marquee matchup to start off the day. So, you know, yeah. But yeah, um, so some stats for you. 
I, I can't. We're ready for stats. Oh yeah, there's this is so many stats. This is Newcastle's sixth home win of the season, mm-hmm. which now ensures that we will not have the worst home Premier League record yes. ever. Yes. So we did that. Um, it was 2,131 minutes between Jolinton's goal at Spurs to now. Um, it was 1,396 minutes between Matt Ritchie's Premier League goals. Um, Burnmouth in March of 2019 was the last one. Um, a couple other things. Uh, we completed the double against, against Sheffield. What is the only other Premier League club this season that we also have the double against? Oh, man. Um, I think it's, it's – is it Southampton? Correct. Yeah. Got I, my first guess was Brighton, but I was like, I don't think we've played Brighton twice yet. <laughs> but yeah. it could be Brighton oh. when all said stuff. No. Oh, it's not. Oh, we oh, lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I thought you meant it could be Brighton. I'm like, no, it's Southampton. No, I'm saying like <laughs> I, I can't remember if we played them yet. I'm saying like if we could, if we play them and beat them, then yes. But I, I don't know. I don't think we've played them twice. I'm fairly certain. No, we've played them once. Yeah. See, look at me. Um, smart. Uh, so we scored more than two goals in a Premier League home game for the first time this season. That was April 2019. Was the last time we've done that. That was against Southampton. Three to one. Um, and it's our third straight clean sheet in the Premier League. So it's now 316 minutes since we've last conceded a goal. Yeah. Uh, it was Patrick Van Anhalt who scored that last goal. Ooh, I've Dallas. got stats too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just go through mine then. Okay. Uh, Let's so, see if, if any of them overlap. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Um, no, so when, when we remember that Leicester City match on New Year's Day, but Mm -hmm. since then, no visiting player has scored in St. James's Park in the Premier League. Damn, that was one of my stats. It's four consecutive Uh, Premier League home wins without conceding. Yeah, um, and it's the first time we've done that since. Do you know that? I'm going to say 2010. Oh, you're, you're kind of close. A little sooner, 2012, March and April. Um, it was 496 minutes we went without giving up a goal. We're at 363 right now. Yeah. Um, the last opposition goal at St. Jesus Park in 2020 came from Rochdale. Jordan Williams in the FA Cup. That was 454 minutes ago. Mm. So we've just we've conceded only 12 goals at home in 15 matches in the Premier League. Um, that's the that's tied for the best in the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Manchester United are also tied with that. Crazy. So yeah, that's some that's some Greg stat bombs. What what you got, Elijah? Um, so uh, I've got mainly a couple. Um, I think the second half of my stats are going to be something that I think you'll be really interested in, and it's also a nice plug for the site. Um, so I heard this on the broadcast, and I just wanted to confirm the teams. But Sheffield have only lost to three teams this season: Manchester City, Liverpool, and Newcastle. Yes. What a three to lose. And this is the second best defensive team in the Premier League, and they've only lost to three teams. So, um, and Newcastle's one of them. So, I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say Newcastle's their bogey team. Um, like, they're just never yeah. going to beat us. And people are going to also link that to our potential Saudi owners, but I think it's just because 
they can't beat us. They're cursed. Um, and then the other one, um, so we have a new, not, I mean, we've kind of already talked about him, but we've got a newish writer, Chris, to our, um, our site, um, Poe the Stats. Um, please give him a follow. When you talk about guys who know their stuff stats-wise, there's Greg Troxel and then there's Chris. Um, but I think both of those guys are, are, are the only two people in the Newcastle community that know anything about analytics and can interpret them well and interpret them well enough so that the average fan like me can understand the importance of, of advanced statistics. So I um, want to give him a shout because he had a, a solid um, thread of stats today. Uh, one, which is really cool, was just comparing and contrasting the four in the back versus the five in the back. And again, disclaimer, like obviously we've only played the four in the back four matches. But so far, there's no reason to deviate from it um, because if you look at points per game, with the four in the back, we're averaging 2.33 points per game. With the five in the back, it was 1.14. With expected goals, we're up to almost two expected goals per match as opposed to the five in the back being less than, less than one expected goal at 0.79. And then expected goals against 0.52 expected goals against as opposed to 1.64 with five at the back. So just – I don't know. It was just interesting to to follow some of the statistical things like that. Um, and also want to note that this was like, this is not really a stat stat thing, but I think it's worth noting Newcastle had like 49% possession, which I just, I don't think that's really ever happened in a Premier League match with for Newcastle. So that's important to, to recognize. Yeah. Uh, some, so I was, I was going to end on some expected stats. Oh. Um, so yeah. So we had, 2.15 expected goals to 0.5 for Sheffield. Um, so we, we obviously clearly the better team in this. Uh, obviously, uh, being a man down significantly influences those numbers too. Uh, but some some just some other things to note that um, are good. Uh, Newcastle United had 81% of the chances in the match. Uh, we had 12 shots to seven. We had eight shots on target to their one. And then the passes allowed per defensive action in the opposition half. Uh, Newcastle had 27, which is not ideal, um, to Sheffield's 15. And then the expected points was 2.5 to 0.2 for Sheffield. So uh, Newcastle was expected to win. The stats said that, yes, Newcastle should have three points here. Um, And we did. Cool stuff. Uh, So moving on. Uh, let's let's grab our best and worst players. Uh, since well, since we since we win, uh, we we don't do worst. Um, well, we won't do worst yeah. unless you really feel that there is a worst. No, I'd, I'd say we go best and underrated because I think there's a, there's probably about three or four players that everyone was like, these were our best players. But I think there's some people who might deserve a shout that I don't I didn't see get a lot of praise. So let's let's do that. Yeah. Uh, so my best is I, my best and underrated are people I've already shouted out. Uh, we're going to give a shout out to Matt Ritchie as best player, goal and assist. Um, who scored gave him like I, I can't. It's like I think they gave him over a nine. Uh, yeah. he, he did really well. He was always a threat in that match. Uh, my underrated player is Isaac Hayden. Got the assist. Was just quintessential. Just a, an absolute stalwart midfielder. Um, Pretty pretty straightforward for me. Uh, there there's so many more, more players to shout out here. But yeah, I mean, and, and I think we're gonna wrap it up real quick with just some of the 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 be- I, Okay, I'll, I'll try to be quick with mine. Alan St. Maximin, I would. I mean, if you're not gonna say Matt Ritchie, I think Alan St. Maximin's a good shout as well. 
easily yeah. our one of our best players. There was some crazy stat from Squawka saying that like he essentially he had four take ons that were successful in the first half, which is more than all other players in the pitch combined. That's absurd. Um, and of course he he scored, but he's also just consistently on the counter. Him and Mickey were just our two most dangerous players. Like it just, especially in the first half, it was just it was absurd. Um, and then I guess underrated, I think that a lot of people. Um, you tend to focus on the big error that he made, but I've said this the whole pod so far. Joel Linton was this was one of his best games as a Newcastle player. Like he just was in the right positions. He's making the right runs. Um, the counterattack. I, I mentioned this to my friends. I was like, the this that Miggy Joel Linton goal, like that was literally what Greg and I were dreaming about in the beginning of the season. Just like be able to be dangerous on the counter with guys who could play the simple pass, writes the pacey guys play the pass score the goal all that kind of stuff it, it was nice to see um I guess other players that I would also shout out I think Danny Rose for how much Newcastle fans love to just destroy him and and hate him I think he had a pretty solid match he had a couple of just really good solid tackles um decent recoveries as well didn't look as out of shape as people um assumed he would be um and I'd say Miguel Amarone just Again, another player where I mean, even and it's kind of funny because I want to say it didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he did have an assist as a number ten, so it showed up on the stat sheet. Like he was, he was solid. I think that um, he kind of flew under the radar just due to the fact that he was playing so well that you expected a goal and assist. If that makes sense, um, yeah. like he just was, he was that good, and it was, it's kind of insane. Like that, him in that number ten role like we've said all year, I mean, it, it's, that's what he needs to be playing. I mean, this game was just a, a complete testament to that. So ex- extremely happy for him that he was able to perform well on a big stage. Um, and I honestly just hope that Steve Bruce continues to play him in, in the right positions. And he's going to be one of those players that might play every single match for Newcastle uh, in the restart because he just is that type of player. Uh, so going to who scored players that received a seven or higher, uh, Jamal Lascelles, Danny Rose, Federico Fernandez, Isaac Hayden, Miguel Almiron, Jolinton, Alan St. Maximin, and Matt Ritchie. That's a very good number yeah. of players. Uh, okay. So one more thing before we go to break and that's talking about next match. So we are playing this upcoming Wednesday, just a mere, just a mere, Three days from the last match, uh, we are playing Aston Villa. Uh, let's let's send them down. Let's send them down. Yeah. We don't like Villa. New, no, no Newcastle supporter likes Villa. That's just some. That's just facts. Um, there, there's some history here, so it's certainly an exciting match to to, to take part of. Uh, it's also going to be at St James's Park. Um, Elijah, just give me some lineup notes here. What, what do you think is, is there, are there going to be any changes in the lineup? I mean, I would imagine there's going to be some changes because you've got the FA cup coming up. So, I mean, I, I could see a winger swap. I'd see Lazaro possibly coming in for either Joel, not either, uh, ASM or Miguel Amaron. I would also could see, um, a different center back coming in either Cher or Lejeune or Kieran Clark. Um, I don't know. I, I think Danny Rose is probably safe at left back. Could also see Matt Ritchie um, maybe not playing as a winger. I, I, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a couple possibilities. Um, and potentially seeing Ben Celeb start in the midfield. Um, and maybe, and this is a strong maybe, because um, I don't know about – I don't know how Bruce is operating with his confidence. And, again, strikers don't typically 
run as much as other players, but I could see um, Dwight Gale or uh, Yoshinori Muto starting in for Joel Linton. But I'd be, I'd be shocked if anything else changed. Oh, and DeAndre Yellen, I could see him playing um, at right back for Mankio. Um, but I could yeah. see Newcastle playing a slightly rotated side. Nothing too crazy. Nothing you wouldn't already expect. Think about the FA Cup matches and how that team was like three or four changes. I would imagine the same thing. Aston Villa, relegation side. You would be happy walking away with this with the draw. Um, but, you know, you also want to field a strong enough team to get the win. But the focus is going to be on Man City uh, this upcoming Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and, and a couple, like, what do we need to do to win? Um, for me, uh, Newcastle needs to do a lot of what they did today. And a lot of what we've preached is they, they need to use their attacking weapons to their advantage. There's no, there's no players on Villa that are going to be, to be able to stop St. Maximin, Amron, Jolinton, even Richie. Like, like that combination of players, they're, they're not going to be able to stop. So, I, I want us to get 50% possession. I'm fine doing a 4-2-3-1. Again, like I, I liked it today. Um, so I, I really want I really want Newcastle to take advantage of that attacking and 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 go at them. Like go at them. It's it's home again. You don't have to travel. Uh, they've played more matches than you again, just like Sheffield. So just run them run them through the ground and and put it away. I can easily see. I'm getting to the next thing too. So we'll do we'll do this. Tell me what you we need to do to win and then what your predictions are. Um, Elijah, in our previous predictions, I picked a win here, right? Yeah, I picked a win here as well. I'm pretty sure we okay, both yeah. picked I'm, wins. I'm I'm going I'm going again. I think I think uh Newcastle we so we lost two nothing last time we played Aston Villa in um it was back in November of this of this season. And I, I think we returned that Get, get a little revenge and win two nothing in this one. And and so I'll, I'll go the same route. I think it'll be a two nothing win. And and for what we need to do to win, I think patience is the key here. I think one thing that I thought we did really well with Aston Villa is that that whole first half it was patient. Newcastle didn't try to to really force anything down Sheffield's throat. They defended well, and when they had the ball, they had decent spells of possession. They were able to get forward, get a couple shots off. They didn't try to force it. Similar to like and. And on the flip side, Sheffield did try to force it after they went down a man, and obviously that hurt them. I think Newcastle, if they show a little bit of patience, I understand wanting to make a statement and and go at Aston Villa because they're tired and stuff, but that's also when Newcastle's most vulnerable. And to be honest, outside of Jack Grealish, Aston Villa doesn't really have anyone on, on, their, on their team that's going to be threatening enough to break down any sort of solid defensive lines. Like, you kind of saw that today – the goal that they they scored wasn't a great goal. It was, it was pretty fluky, and they really couldn't create any sort of chances against Chelsea. And Chelsea's defense wasn't even at their best today. So um, I think that if Newcastle's patient, defends well, the chances will come, and they can easily walk away with a one or two nil win. Um, I, I mean, I could I could also see them drawing, but that would only be because of a lack of finishing by Newcastle. It's it's in their yeah. own hands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let, we're going to take a break and then we're going to just touch on some Newcastle news after this. Uh, so stick around and we're going to do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now 
from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Elijah, just recapping some Newcastle United news. Uh, we got contract extensions in the building. We do. Yeah, they're what not we got? real ones. They're short-term ones, but they. I know. <laughs> Uh, what, what we got? Anything fun? Um, so uh, there's a lot of people who are wondering about the status of Maddie Longstaff. There was a lot of rumors that he wasn't like showing up to training because he was in loot, like his, his whole situation was in limbo. Turns out one, he was injured and two, yes, it's sort of in limbo, but he's still going to be a part of the club's plans uh, at least for the end of this until the end of the season, he's got an extension. Andy Carroll has his extension as well. And Javi Mankio. it looks like, the club and I haven't really heard anything about Andy Carroll, but it, it looks for certain that the club is and Steve Bruce has commented on this. The club is for sure wanting to extend the contracts of Matty Longstaff and Javi Mankio. Um, even uh-huh. if you get new owners in, Javi Mankio has proven to be a solid depth piece, a solid starter. I mean, he's he's gonna be he he's a solid player, and I believe he's twenty five or twenty six. So just getting him extended, like it, it, it's it's a good deal um for everyone involved. I mean Mankio's at the Premier League level, I think the only way he could kind of increase is if he's going to Spain and starting for like a Sevilla or something that's playing European football. But then again, Newcastle will be playing that in a couple of years as well. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of what we got on on contract extensions. And then there was some other news, Greg, um, that people were a little bit excited about, kind of flew under the radar uh, because it wasn't huge, but I think it is a little bit significant. Um. Uh... Which news? (laughs) The Saudi Arabia. Oh, you're talking about Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So, it's been reported that Saudi Arabia is cracking down on piracy. Um, And and they've started doing that. They've actually made rounds into that. Um, So, we're going to have to see uh, exactly what's going to happen. But basically, you're not going to be able to get BLQ in Saudi Saudi Arabia anymore. That's, That's not a thing um that's that's officially done so that's a huge token to uh well there's two things one it's they're either reacting to the wto report or they're reacting to the premier league or both yeah (laughs) um hopefully the premier league is involved in that decision making at some point because that means that's that shows you that they're working together and yeah and that this is this is that's a really positive sign uh because if they're complying then it's probably gonna happen taker is gonna go through yeah, and, and for like the the official thing that one of their accounts, the Saudi Authority for Intellectual Property, um, they did a whole bunch of tweets this morning before the match that kind of got Newcastle fans excited, basically stating they essentially shut down 231 websites that basically violated that were pirating websites. Um, and of course, we heard earlier this past weekend that all the BLQ boxes were shut down, which is something we already knew about. Um, and basically, the, they're talking about finding people um, and <laughs> all this other stuff. Basically, they, like Greg said, they did everything they could to kind of shut down pri- piracy on surface level. Um, also worth noting, and not as important, um, but Newcastle fans are excited about this as well. Saudi Arabia bought stakes in BT Sport, which, of course, is a British-based broadcasting company that, of course, if they wanted to, well, one, is a partner of the Premier League. So that's potentially more money from Saudi Arabia in the Premier League's pocket, um, but also um, if they wanted to bid on any rights, um, any additional rights, you've got now the backing of Saudi Arabian PIF as well. So, um, you know, it's starting to look like, uh, and I guess this is why people excited are, are excited, it's starting to look like the Saudi Arabia is, is addressing some of the piracy issues. 
um, which I think really has been the only sort of barrier in getting this deal done. It obviously, the Premier League does not care about Saudi Arabia's human rights record. Um, and it's really all about the PIF and um, their involvement or potential involvement in piracy. And so this is all good news as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, really good news. Uh, just a couple um, cu- couple other things that I want to mention is we have refunds. Um, Newcastle is giving refunds to uh, their fans. So congrats to those fans. Uh, the other thing is some lone players went got into action. Uh, so a couple, Freddie Woodman played. He started. Um, Swansea won 3-0. Jacob Murphy uh, started, played most of the match for Sheffield Wednesday. That was a 1-1 draw. And Akraf Lazar oh. uh, apparently is injured still and oh. was admitted from the squad. It is oh. serious, serious. I thought you were going to say something like, "Oh, and Akraf Lazar I, scored I was, a goal." <laughs> I was, I was about, I was trying to hold that up um, oh, and tell you that he, just, just to say that he didn't play once again. Um, yeah. So, so that's it. Elijah, is there anything else you want to mention uh, before we depart on this lovely, lovely podcast? Honestly, no. I mean. Well, I am, I say that, and then I'm going to say something. I'm excited that Newcastle won today. I mean, it was it was great yeah. to see. It was it was cool to see. Like, I mean, okay, I'll say this. I have to hand it to Steve Bruce, and as you know, we don't give Steve Bruce a lot of credit on this show at all. But he actually got the tactics right. The set, the formation, and the setup were good. And even if Newcastle, like even if Sheffield hadn't gotten a player sent off. I firmly believe Newcastle would have walked away from this match with at least a draw, which honestly, given where Sheffield is and how they have the second best defensive record in the league and how they were at the time in seventh, I think that's a solid result for Newcastle who, yeah. um, who were, are just trying to secure safety at this point. And, you know, sure. Like at, at the most, they're going to finish somewhere in the mid table. So I have to hand it to Steve Bruce. I mean, everyone played well. The back line was solid. Um, they didn't there was no holes in the back line at all the fullbacks were getting forward which is honestly something we really hadn't seen before in general um, like the true fullbacks Mankia was very involved even Danny Rose was very involved um, and like I don't know the midfield looked great Hayden was insane Shelby was pinging balls left and right and the attack actually looked like an attack so yeah I I, I do need to just shout out Steve Bruce one more time because that was a a the first tactical masterclass i've seen from steve bruce <laughs> he, he has had a couple good games this yeah. year um but yeah no gr- great job by the team we, that's it's so encouraging we're going to be very confident going into wednesday naturally uh we're playing a bottom bottom table side um at home after demolishing uh sixth place team three nothing so uh, a lot of confidence we're feeling good going into going to Wednesday's max uh, as as our our new strategy and plan is uh, we're going to see you next Thursday morning you're going to get another episode from us uh, but until then everybody that concludes episode 135 of CHN Radio I'm your host Craig Troxell that's the best damn coach in the land Elijah Newsom uh, listen to this beautiful song coming up and let's get three points on Wednesday and wait a lot. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And 
to say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates of Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the dog is in James's park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home.